What's up, everybody? Welcome back to 3rd and 10. I am your host, Ryan Chapman. And today we have a pretty special episode for you today. We've got um, a uh, special guest interview here, uh, a guy that I've looked up to for a long time in this market. He has been nice enough to take me under his wing a little bit. And uh, with the big game with Kansas coming up, huge game, um, who better to talk about the Kansas Jayhawks and their mindset with coach Les Miles than former player under Les Miles, Sam Mays. Sam, thanks for coming on with us. Kind enough to take you under my wing? I don't know, buddy. I think it's more like you're uh, crazy enough to hang out with me. But, you know, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it's always fun when Les Miles comes into the picture, right? To get him back in the Big 12, I think, is uh, pretty incredible. This is, I think, the epitome of what blue-collar coach is. This is somebody who um, embraces, you know, the two star and the three star and the no star kid and tells them, Hey, you're as good as the, the big boys. You're as good as those four or five star guys. You know, your heart is bigger than theirs. Your want to is, is more than theirs. And people just kind of buy into it. So yeah, I think it's a great story and happy to have less and all that personality back in the big 12. So one thing I kind of want to talk about, you have a unique experience, obviously as someone who's been through the recruiting process played in the big 12, um, the kids that committed to Kansas, the players currently on the roster are not players that were recruited by Les Miles. Right. So when you went through your recruiting process, was it a similar situation at Oklahoma State? Were you at the time aware that maybe they were underachieving or that the coach you're being recruited by might not be there the entire four years that you were going to be on campus? No, not really. Um, you know, this is before the the day and age of uh, Twitter and social media and all the inside information that we get at the drop of a, a hat here. Um, you know, we didn't have, I mean, we were coming out of the AOL age. I didn't have a cell phone at that point. So yeah, no, I, you know, as far as the coaching carousel at a school, the, the size of Oklahoma state, that wasn't something that was being reported uh, in the local news there in, in Cleveland. I really even talked about on ESPN uh, at the time, Bob Simmons was a, a pretty good coach. I liked the, uh, the offensive line guy at the, at the time. I can't even think of his name as he was gone, you know, the, the middle of the year, basically. Um, but yeah, no, I had no idea, you know, and, and really it was a, uh, uh, a, a conversation that my father and I had about what to do next, you know, depending on, on who was going to be hired. You know, once Bob Simmons was fired, I heard all kinds of names. Uh, Mike Leach's name came up, and I thought to myself, well, that's that's not an ideal situation for, for me. For you know, a baller. Yeah, at a 60-40 run guy, like, that's that's too much. That's not uh, something that I'm going to want to be able to do. So, luckily, you know, Les Miles was the pick, and he literally fit uh, my mindset and attitude and what I wanted to do in the football field perfectly. It was a match made in heaven his offense and my mentality, kind of where I was from. I mean, something I was very, very familiar with. So uh, it was it was cool. So when Les came in and took over the team, was that, since you guys meshed so well, was it almost immediate that you were like, let's go, baby, this is my guy? Or did it take you a little bit to kind of, even though you knew that this is the style of football he wanted to play, did it take you a little bit to settle in, be calm through that first year? That yeah, Les no, uh-uh. I'm one of those dudes that's uh, – I'm I'm pretty much all in from the beginning when it comes to coaches or even bosses. Like if you're my boss or my coach, uh, I'm a hundred percent in. You're, you're going to get my max effort until you prove to me that you don't deserve my max effort. You know, you're that's just kind of who I am when it comes to competing and the workforce and competing on the football field. So I was pretty much all in from the beginning with Les, but I, I would say that it was uh, midway through that first year that you, you kind of realized that he was just a little bit different as far as the way that he saw the game and saw the next opponent and prepared for it and wanted it and felt it, walked it. Like he genuinely is just this happy-go-lucky uh, guy on game day. He's like a big kid. Like he just, he can't wait to get on the football field. 
and I love them for it. It was it was awesome to be around a guy like that. Considering the last head coach, Oklahoma State, Bob Simmons had zero personality or really acted like didn't even really act like he wanted to be uh, on the football field at the time. I, I did not care for him, and it was one of those um, because I'm all in. I, I immediately, it it kind of sucked to be midway through my true freshman year and, and been like, God, this guy's an idiot. You know, I'm like, I just never believed that he was capable of getting it done at a high level as a head coach. So, yeah, Les was a, a breath of fresh air for sure. So is that something that you think we've talked about how the recruiting process has changed over the last 20 years, we'll call it, of just the information age? Do you think that today's athletes, we always talk about how different today's athletes are and how the successful coaches today recognize that? Um, to a degree, you still have your guys like Nick Saban that have earned it and basically get to lay down the law because they can pull out their national championship uh, crate and say, hey, you want one of these? This is how we do it here. But guys like Lincoln Riley, I would say, um, a little more cognizant of today's athlete. Um, he doesn't outwardly, at least, coaches hard um, as far as yelling and screaming, things like that. Do you think today's athlete um, might take a little bit longer to accept a new head coach coming into their program? Oh yeah, there's no question. You know, I think as an athletic director and a and a you know board of director, whatever you got, you know board of regents, whatever you got, whatever school you're talking about, that yeah, they've got a tough task today because the last thing you want to do is look at the current roster. You know, the guys that the new coach has got to 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 win with and think, you know, let's just go completely opposite from the guy that we you know th- these kids committed to. Like I, I think that that's a hard. A reality for kids today you know when you go from a um you know a, a cliff kingsbury to a nick saban i think that's a bit of a shell shock now granted the kids at texas tech at the time probably would all with alabama if they could have but yeah no i i would say that you know hiring a football coach today is you're hiring a ceo you're hiring a, a friend you're hiring somebody that you feel like is going to be able to turn your program and point it in the right direction when it comes to pop culture and just the the wild ride that the youth of america is like it's such a weird time uh, today, when it comes to kids, you just never know what makes them go. Uh, some kids don't mind the, the the rough touch. Some kids, I uh, can't stand it. Some kids want to feel like they're wanted. Some kids want to feel like uh, you are uh, just so thankful that they would consider your university. Like it's so different than when I was being recruited. Uh, I, I called every coach when I came to Oklahoma State that offered me a scholarship and thanked them for the opportunity. Like, you know, I was thankful that they would consider me to be a part of their football teams. That's kind of where I was at. Uh, at 18 years old now it's these kids are like what can you do for me because I know this is who I am and you know you you need to and you need to be wooed and it's just crazy like it's I'll never understand it but uh, it is what it is and the best coaches in the country have found a way to manage themselves around that situation and endear those some themselves to those kids and to their parents Um, you know the the parental situation also is significantly different than it was uh, in in 2000 1999 it's significantly different than it was in um, you know, 1980 and then 1970, like it's just a weird time. Way more single moms, uh, you know, way more kids with, um, you know, that are able to to handle less. I mean, it's just a, it's a lot. You got to be a, a different dude today in college football to kind of keep up with the changes of the person that you're recruiting. So what you're saying is you were not going to be recruiting a commitment video guy. No, I would have never. Um, frankly, I, I'm basically, I'm essentially offended by. Uh, the whole thing. I, I think that there is a certain level of, I mean, you got to earn it first. Like if I'm a Texas Longhorn and I've been on campus for two years and I've, you know, blood, sweat, cried, did all the summer workouts, you know, going through the school process, understand what it is to be a Texas Longhorn. And I see this kid 
on National Signing Day, put the hat up and throw the horns up, bro. You haven't earned the right to put the horns up yet. It's like that's not uh, that's not a thing. You know, I I couldn't stand the freshmen that came in uh, like they were going to change the the course of the uh, of the university. You had to do to prove it to me first. Like the the hat thing, ceremony thing would have drove me nuts, and to the point that it actually happened once with an Oklahoma State player, and I immediately hated him uh, right off the bat, and I had to hate him a little bit once he got to school. Uh, not in like an illegal way, just on a football way. Just beat the hell out of him every time I put my hands on him. So um, earn it. I think freshmen need to settle back, take a step back and understand that the dudes on that team, you know, you got to – I get it. You're a good, talented player, especially at Oklahoma. These kids are the cream of the crop. They've been told they're great their whole lives. But I would like to see maybe a little more humbleness out of some of these incoming freshmen. So what you're saying is when uh, – a little inside baseball here. When I um, came over to intern with the Triple M Ranch, I put out a video on Twitter announcing my uh, – change of allegiances from my current show and then uh, as a time-honored tradition on the Triple M Ranch stood up and said the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes. You're saying that you didn't love that? No, I absolutely loved it. I, that was fantastic. No, that was uh, that was a big-time moment in the intern program for the Triple M for sure. So uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. Let's talk about actual game week. So now the roster that Les Miles inherited at Kansas, I think we can both safely say um, nowhere near as talented as the roster that you were on in Stillwater when he came in, but in his first two years before he's really able to completely do two or three recruiting cycles, get his guys in, um, your Cowboys, they played, they showed up and played in almost every big game they played in just in his first year, um, took number 25, Colorado only lost by a field goal, beat number four, Oklahoma by a field goal in year two, only lost to Texas by two points, beat OU by 10. What, what does less do in a game week prepping against one of the Sharks of the Big 12 that gets that team ready to play above what others would consider to be their level? You know, I don't necessarily know that it's anything that he does in game week, really. It's kind of what his mentality is through the spring, through the summer. Um, You know, every little meeting that you get with Les Miles 365 has got some sort of, um, you know, some sort of, hey, you know, remember these things as the season's right around the corner and and Bedlam, baby, and, and you know, it's going to be Texas, and it's going to be – I've talked to Les Miles about about the upcoming games in in June and, you know, May and April. Like, he just likes to talk about football. Um, he's just always extremely passionate about it. You know, I, th- I think the, the, the Thursday walkthrough and the Friday travel, you know, the Friday um, without pads walkthrough at the hotel, those were moments where – I remember Les being, you know, the, the silence was almost everything. You know, the stoicness of him in those days um, in, in preparation for the game, you know, the, the way he looked in the pregame dinner that the night before the game, the things that he said is, you know, after we watched the movie uh, to us about just getting rest and, you know, uh, and thinking about the game. And I don't know, it, when he was, when Les Miles was reserved and quiet, um, I tended to, to kind of like that a little bit more. It was kind of like flipping that switch. You knew that when Les got a little um, mum, you know, on, on a Friday before that it was, it was time to go to work on Saturday. So, um, but who he was on game day is the coolest thing, especially when those big games, Oklahoma, the Bedlam games, the pregame speeches were incredible. You would never believe some of the things that come out of his mouth. Just, I mean, just throwing uh, clipboards and knocking down dry erase boards and hooping, hollering, yelling. And, you know, we, you know, it's just that you believe it and got get 80 dudes in a room to, to yell back at you, like a scene out of Braveheart. Like it was just awesome. Um, I, I loved Les Miles on game day, for sure, and respected the fact that he just loved it as much as we did. Les would have padded up with those us those days, so that, that was probably a cool part of it. So even though there's a large, large talent gap between Oklahoma and Kansas, would it shock you 
for Oklahoma to maybe roll out to a slow start coming into Lawrence. It's always really hard for some of the bigger programs with the um, lack of energy that's been in Lawrence the past decade almost since what Todd Reese was the quarterback the Mangino days do you think it's a possibility that Oklahoma starts out slow and midway through the first quarter we're a little concerned if Kansas comes out and punches a little bit above their weight Oklahoma rolls out a little bit slow or do you think that maybe um, Jalen Hurts coming in having his form of stoic um, almost Saban like roboticism of we haven't done anything yet we're not gonna accomplish anything until January when we're holding a trophy up Let's get bus- let's take care of business. Do you think that um, Kansas has any shot to maybe surprise some people in the first quarter? Oh yeah, no. I would say I would say no, uh, and it's more because of what Oklahoma's got behind Kansas. I think that Texas game uh, looming, some of the the glaring issues that Oklahoma has, especially on the offensive end. Uh, there's going to be a lot of of detail work this week. I don't think that they will be uh, messing around. And I think just the way that Lincoln Riley was standing at the podium on Monday made me believe that, you know, he's, they're real serious about this. I think the Oklahoma Sooners are very um, aware of what this team could be this season. And I think maybe even, you know, behind closed doors when nobody is watching, if you ask the question, you know, are you, are you surprised that they are as good as they are? Are you, um, uh, maybe not surprised. Are you, I mean, there's gotta be a level of, Oh crap, we're pretty darn good. And Oh crap, we can be, better you know what i mean i think that they're they're pretty focused at this point i couldn't imagine them showing up to lawrence with anything but just extreme intensity speaking of the press conference i have to say um for those of you that don't know um sam and i both were at the lincoln riley press conference after the what, south dakota game i believe and um sam asked a question to both jalen and lincoln and i think that uh he was shut down on equal fronts i don't know which one was more egregious but i, I just have to say I was a very, very proud intern to uh, be listening to the press conference, to hear you come in with such confidence. You made Lincoln chuckle. He agreed with what you said, came in strong. And uh, I think you're a great example to all the interns out there of how to <laughs> how to take take a bad situation, workshop it for a few weeks, and come back better and Absolutely. a better person for it. The workshop, man. No, hey, look, I'm, I've done this a long time, and nowhere near as long as some of my colleagues have. And I get nervous still. I get um, you know, worked up and Lincoln Riley is a big deal. Like, you know, the, this is the university of Oklahoma. I would consider, uh, I would believe that covering this football team is better than covering two thirds of the NFL. Like it's a, it's a legit, um, big time program. So yeah, that dude stands in front of you. It gets a little bit like, you know, that the first question I asked that he shut me down, I was like, you've got it. Like the moment that I realized this was going to be a bad thing. It's like, Holy crap. You know, like it was right. just really, right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. I enjoyed it, but yeah, you go back to the drawing board, figure it out. Um, yeah, I, I asked a football question in week one that I don't necessarily know gave him any options other than to do what he did or throw his quarterback under the bus. So I, I think that he took the better option, you know, probably took the option that I would have taken as a coach and right. I respect that for sure. So the answer that I question I asked him this Monday, um, I, I thought he gave the perfect answer to paid homage to a kid that's working extremely hard in Kenneth Murray and, uh, you know, did the, did the job that any good head coach would do. And then really quickly before we get out of here, I would be remiss if we didn't ask about the offensive line play. I think uh, in this market you are by far the uh, most vocal um, proponent of offensive line play, but it's not that you're incorrect every time you evaluate it and show in big games why the offensive line makes the whole thing go. Um, it, it comes true every time almost. So what's your evaluation of the Oklahoma offensive line through four games before we get out of here? Oh, I would say that they found some dudes. You know, I think they've got four pieces in place of the guys that left that are 
serviceable to say the least. I think they're all very big, athletic, uh, all got a little bit of a nasty streak to them, which is a positive thing. That's a Bill Biedenboe staple. Um, I would say that the 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 tackle situation is is interesting. Ely needs to stay healthy for sure because I think he's got some promise. He's a he's a nasty player, and I think we'll continue to develop as as a pretty good one a t- right tackle for them. Um, Swenson is the, probably the biggest project they have right now. Confidence level, I think, is low. He's nicked up now, apparently. So we'll see what he looks like this week against um, against Kansas. I would love to see the entire group that initial starting lineup play against Kansas uh, to get and prepared for Texas. I think that's a positive since they haven't been able to do that since week one. I mean, it's been it's been a, just like you know a carousel of guys, um, and it's got to get better. They've got to find a way to, to kind of balance that thing out a little bit. So. I, look, if I had to give them a grade right now to C minus, I think they probably could get themselves to a B minus uh, this year. A B minus with that defense and that offense uh, playing as well as it, well as it is right now, I think you're looking at a, a national championship contender. Um, but hey, that's a full letter grade, and it's going to take some time, some effort, uh, some want to. And uh, you know, Lincoln Riley's got to be there for them, supporting that group. The play calling also can't leave them up dry, and uh, I think they'll be all right. Sam, you're a busy man. I really appreciate you taking some time out to uh, hop on with us today. No problem, buddy. Enjoyed it. Next week, it's Texas week. This has been 3rd and 10. I'm Ryan Chapman. We'll see you next week.